the king. I'm not good at talking to women. I shouldn't say that. I, uh, I just say I'm shy at talking to women. You say you're not good at talking to women. It just sounds like you come up to them and go, can I smell your titties? <laughs> I'm shy. I'm shy at talking to women. It's good once it gets started. I feel like um, a lot of men, this is a problem that men have. Ladies, tell me round of applause. I feel like men talk themselves out of way more sex than they've ever talked themselves into. <laughs> with her at least. With, with her. She agrees. She agrees. And it's just, you can't, we can't help it. We can't help it because we're just so excited that anything is happening. Like, that's how I am at least. I can't stop talking. Like, I had a naked girl in my bed and I just went, oh, goody! <laughs> Nothing happened. She took her goodies and went home. That's what happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. What's up, Sword? Welcome back to the channel. Today we're sitting here at GalaxyCon Richmond, and next to me we have Tyler Wood, a comedian, and we're going to be doing a little interview. Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm good. very excited. This I've been having a blast at the con so far. I'm happy they had me back for another year. I'm happy to be working with GalaxyCon and doing some fun stuff, you know, doing some comedy shows and different stuff. Yeah, we got a comedy show later tonight, which is going to be awesome. Um, so I have a couple questions for you. Um, so I understand you started comedy in 2013. Um, so how did you get your start? So uh, my first time doing comedy, I was at an open mic with a friend of mine, and I saw somebody go up. He did very poorly. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, I'm going to do better than that. And then he's like, oh, yeah, why don't you go try it? And the next, it was a monthly open mic at our school, UNCW, where I went to college. And the next month came around, and I went up and I tried it, and I did worse. Like, I did way <laughs> worse. Like, I got very nervous. I had a, a lot of social anxiety at the time. And I was like, well, I can't let that be the only time I do that. I did so bad. I have to keep doing right. it. And just for probably about seven, eight years straight, I performed comedy at least once a week, traveling right. more. And um, I guess I got better over time. Very good. So, who do you think are some of your influencers? Like influences that, like, why did you want to do this? You know, try and make a career out of it. So that's kind of a weird question, uh, and it's it's kind of a weird question for me, just because like I have a lot of comedians that I really like, but I don't know if anybody inspired me to do comedy. I love watching George Carlin okay. when I was a teenager, and there are people that have inspired me to keep doing comedy as I've done it. Like, when I was in Wilmington, and I started at the Dead Crow Comedy Room in Wilmington, and I got to, as a comic, go into shows for free and see guys like Matt Bronger and friend of mine now, Dusty Slay. Uh, a lot of really talented guys I got to see for free and learn a lot about and keep uh, working towards you know, getting to their level. Joe Zimmerman's another guy. Sam Morell, I got to see him before he put out his YouTube specials. And just guys that were really talented and very funny and very talented writers. They kind of inspired me to keep going. Sean Patton, too. That's another one that's just hilarious. Who would you say would be, like, your top three comedians? Of, like, that you've... So there's the Mount Rushmore of, like... Okay. There's, like, four or five of them. There's Louis C.K., yeah. uh, Richard Pryor, George <laughs> Carlin, um put Eddie Murphy in there it's really up to taste on a lot of that but like those guys that are you know everybody says they're, they're very good and everybody Jerry Seinfeld yeah they're the good comics and then there are guys that like over over the years this has changed for me of who I really think are like the, my three or so favorite comics right now Sam Morell is up there I just okay. there's a combination of his writing and delivery that I really love Sean Patton is another extremely funny comedian that isn't a household name yet um He's getting there though. Like yeah. he's, he's getting some traction, and um, 
Matt Bronger is another one that I really love, and it's just something about his delivery. And it's it's crazy because the guys that you tend to like are never guys that you're a lot like, if that makes sense. You know, you'll see guys like uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and they're like, who's your favorite comedian of all time? It'll be like, Earthquake. And it's like, it makes no sense, but just like guys that don't fit your style yeah. that you do yeah. are guys that you really love to watch. So what do you think your style is? That's hard to say. Or try to uh, be like, at least. I, I'm not really trying to emulate anybody. It's just doing comedy so much and like finding patterns. In it's like you're meeting in the middle on things that you want to say versus taking stock of what the audience reacts to. And uh, my style, I guess, is kind of dry, if I had to define it. Um, I try to trim as much fat off of a joke as I possibly can. Yeah. I'm not really a huge storyteller, unless I can chop it into, you know, set up punchlines throughout right. it. Um, and comedy's a weird combination of, like, the science of how it works, and, like, if you write things a certain way and you do things a certain way, and the magic of just knowing what's going to be funny and delivering in a certain way. It's a, it's a combination of science and magic. So when you write your material, like, where do your ideas come from? So I don't write like I should. Like, there are a lot of comedians that sit down and they write for yeah. an hour, two hours, three hours a day, and they're probably better, like, they're probably further along than me on a lot of mm -hmm. things, but um, if I'm out and something funny happens or something weird happens or I'm talking to somebody and they laugh and I'm like, oh, that would make a good joke and I write it down... That's kind of how I write the best. And then you go to open mics. When people go to open mics without a fully thought out premise, it's probably not the best use of your time. Right. But if you know where you want to get to and you know what the punchline should be, I think that's a, a great way to write if you're going to be writing on stage. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's definitely a new, unique way to do it. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Um, so, let's. I'm, I'm going to go to this question. So... What do you believe is the best bit you've ever written or performed? Okay. Uh, that's a weird one. That's, a, that's an interesting question. Um, there are things that I like that get no laughs. And it's weird because you'll go back and you'll listen to open mic sets, you know, a few days after the fact and you're listening to it and it'll be something that completely bombed and you're hearing the setup to the punchline and you're like, hmm, you know, it'd be funny right there. I said this and then you say the thing that you said and I'm like oh that's hilarious and then you get no reaction it's like I like that yeah because everything that you're writing should be for you whether or not you like it yeah and like kind of focusing on that but I don't know it's it's weird I the jokes that I have now in my act that I like you know if somebody books me at a brewery and I'm doing 30 or 45 minutes I have jokes that I've been doing anywhere from there's some that I wrote right after the pandemic so they're like about a year old and then there's some that are you know, seven years old that I've been doing and like I don't I don't love them anymore but they work they and work. I love that they work so, and if they still work you know that's yeah, yeah yeah it's like after a certain point you're like ah, I know this is gonna work and it's <laughs> like it's like you like the reaction the joke gets not so much the joke and then you have one that like this one never hits yeah. but I'm gonna do it and that's the one that I like and I don't know if I have one in mind <laughs> that because my favorite one's not going to be a good joke it's going to be one that bobs most of the time but I'm like nah, I like it and you'll hear comedians do that a lot you're like that one was for me and it's like you're kind of stupid why it didn't work don't do it for you do it for the audience but so so when you're on stage and a joke does bomb yeah how do you react to that or 
do you just move on or do you try to make another joke <laughs> out of that or so i started in 2013 i've been doing this almost 10 years and there are a lot of factors that go into it like it's the science part of comedy and most of the time like i've done a ton of shows between open mic showcases a bunch of stuff i've been in a lot of different environments you can kind of tell when it's your fault when it's the audience's fault but I think it's more important to be harsher on yourself because that's what's going to make you a better comedian. A lot of people tend to uh, cop out a little bit and be like, oh, it's the audience. And if it's the audience every time, it's your fault. Like, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't need to blame the audience a lot, but you need to be critical of yourself when you're bombing. And really look, not just you know being critical of yourself, like, oh, I'm not good at it. What mechanically in the joke didn't work? Yeah. So how did you come up with your showcase comedy show, Hot Shots? Okay, so there is a showcase that was very similar in Nashville, Tennessee, and I went out there for a uh, show called the Broken Record Comedy Show, okay. which was, uh, they would, every year they would break the record for the world's longest comedy show uh, by, you know, 20 minutes, and that lasts about seven days. And it's people, like, I was sleeping in my car just trying to get stage time. I would not do that again. I love Chad. I love DJ. I love everybody that was involved in it. But, like, that's something for new comics to do when they're, like, you know, they feel like they need to pay their dues in comedy. It was an extremely fun time. I met a lot of great people. But while I was there, I met um, Chad, who was one of the organizers of it. And he had a hot food show that uh, was people eating Nashville hot chicken and then trying to do comedy. And I was like, do you care if I take that premise? And he was like, it's totally fine. So I took it, and uh, I got it sponsored by Dave's Gourmet Hot Sauce, which means he sent me some hot sauce about three years ago that I'm still using. Don't tell the comics that are on the show. Still using that same thing that they sent me. And um, I, now I, I just find some food. Or, like, I, I work a lot with Good Night's Comedy Club in Raleigh now, and they'll have me uh, do the show there, and they give me a ton of free food to, to work with, and they're like... You know, what do you want to put the food, what do you want to put the hot sauce on? And I'm like, oh, you know, chicken tenders are fine. <laughs> so people will go up, they'll do five to seven-ish minutes. And then I go up, we talk a little bit, and then they eat food that's covered in ghost pepper hot sauce. And then they try to do another five it to seven It just sounds minutes. hot. It is extremely hot. Uh, it is very uncomfortable. Uh, for about 10 to 15 minutes, your, your mouth is watering, your nose is running. You're very warm, you're very uncomfortable. But that's why people are watching the show. It's not even so much a comedy show as much as it is just people watching a-holes hurt themselves. <laughs> and that's like that's how I tend to, to sell it to people. It's like, you're not here to watch a comedy show, are you? And people are like, no. <laughs> that's funny. So right now you're currently working on a podcast called Ten Bell. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Ten Bell Pod is a podcast I'm doing with my friends Jake Manning and Nick Alexander. And we are... It's, it's a podcast that they started with another friend of theirs, Micah, and it is a podcast about wrestlers, professional wrestlers, I'm a big fan of professional wrestling, wrestlers that have passed away, and it's kind of a retrospective on their lives. Okay. And we do it in a very respectful way, even though we're a comedy podcast, like we're never never distasteful in the, the wrestlers and the, the things that they went to, but we try to do it in a humorous way, we make jokes, and uh, it's something I'm very happy to be a part of, and those two guys are very good friends to me. Jake Manning is a professional wrestler himself, Nick Alexander is a uh, former stand-up comedian, I don't, Nick, I don't know if you quit again or not, I don't know, but uh, 
it, it's fun to, to be able to do things with those guys, two guys that I'm, I'm good friends with, and I get to talk about something I love, which is professional wrestling. That's great. Yeah, Rip Razor Ramon, right, a couple days ago. Razor Ramon just passed away, and we were actually talking about, do we put this on this season's finale, because yeah. we're thinking about doing Dusty Rhodes also, mm-hmm. or like, where is that going to fit into everything? Yeah. So it's very sad that a lot of wrestlers are passing away, you know, at various ages like that, but I think it's really good that we can get a good retrospective of their careers and talk to other fans and showcase the good and the bad of people in a tasteful way. And Stone Cold, he's coming back from WrestleMania. Gotta love that. So I don't watch WWE anymore. I can't do it. I am strictly AEW. I I still love professional wrestling. AEW helped me fall in love with professional wrestling Mm -hmm. again. But I, I watched WWE from the time I was seven, about 2002. And it's garbage. It's been garbage for a long time. And there's some people that I really... My favorite wrestler of all time, Sami Zayn, is there. But, like, mm-hmm. the good wrestling is in AEW. I don't know if you're a professional wrestling fan yourself, but, like... Yeah, I used to be a big fan. But I think after The Rock and Stone Cold left, yeah. I kind of stopped watching. I didn't start until they left. So oh, I didn't wow. Know right. okay. Yeah, so that's yeah. how you know I'm a real fan. That <laughs> I had to sit through the bad stuff. Yeah, like, there, there yeah. was some bad stuff. There yeah. was definitely bad stuff. Um, so do you, uh, can you let us know where can we uh, where can we find your podcast at? Uh, so I believe it's on every major podcast platform, uh, you know, Stitcher, iTunes, all that. Check out Tim Bell Pod on a lot of the social media handles. Um, follow Nick and, and Jake. Jake's a very talented professional wrestler. Nick's a very talented writer and stand-up comedian when he wants to be. He's also a very talented chef and a former professional poker player. Nice. Uh, Nick's lived a life. It's, yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah, I'm a big poker fan. So. Yeah. Uh, so people don't understand how long it takes to create like a six-minute YouTube video. Like, like yes. when I tell people how long it takes for six minutes, they're like, are you crazy? Yeah, for that? Yeah, what right? <laughs> for that six-minute video? <laughs> and so what I, what I want to know is how long do you think it – how long does it take you to prepare for like a, like, like a two-minute bit or a one-minute bit or however long your typical bit would be? Like how long do you think that you take to prepare for that? So it really varies. When you come up with the idea for a joke – it can come out of the oven completely cooked or you can it can bomb and it never works and you shelve it for two years and then you come back to it and you rework it for six months and it's a great joke it really depends from joke to joke uh whether or not it's going to work and it's just a case-by-case basis okay sounds good yeah um so what would you say is the best night of your life Hmm. You know, do your comedic career. Well, that's a really good question. Um, Best I've, night. I've had, so the main reason I've ever had any woman, any interest, <laughs> show any interest in me is because I do stand-up comedy. So any night, uh, I, I can think of three girlfriends that I've had. And like the nights that I did comedy, apparently I did good enough. Those are pretty cool. Uh, I got to do some stuff when this was still Supercon back in 2017. I performed a set here, and there was a professional wrestler in the audience, Rich Swan. Okay. Um, very talented guy. Not one of my favorites of all time, but like I, I knew he was on TV, and he was doing stuff, and it was really cool. Like I respected the stuff that he did, and I liked the wrestling that he did. And he came up afterwards. I did jokes about Ric Flair and liking professional wrestling. He came up afterwards and said, man, can I get a picture? And I... That's awesome. Rich Swan is a very nice dude, and I knew what he was doing the whole time. Yeah. It's like, you don't really care, but you know I like professional wrestling. You know I'm a mark, <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. That was a really cool night. Over, over the years, I've had a ton of great nights. Uh, I got to work at the Raleigh Improv when they came back after the pandemic, and after having taken a year, year and a half off, and having them like invite me personally back mm-hmm. to be like a part of the local showcase was really 
nice and important doing all of these galaxy cons and performing for people that are nerdy and like have kind of weird tastes and like seeing <laughs> that that's my audience there there have been a ton of great nights that I, I I value and have had a great time with great that's awesome yeah like, like I said this is our first galaxy con and um, yeah we love it I mean and I think I appreciate this interview and everything and yeah I still don't know why you want to interview me but I appreciate it <laughs> So you said you perform a lot in, in like North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So what would you say is your your favorite city to perform in? My favorite city to perform in? That's uh, another interesting question. It really depends. Um, I had some really great times in Minneapolis uh, when I did GalaxyCon up there a few years ago. Richmond's really great. Uh, you know, it's in close proximity to uh, King's Dominion. I'm a season pass holder to all the Cedar Fair parks like Carowinds and uh, Cedar Point up in Ohio. Um, I can tell you this, it's a lot easier to tell you the places I don't like to perform. Kentucky is one of them. I'm sorry, Kentucky, you did not show me a great time the first time I was there. You guys just, you defended uh, the Confederacy a little too hard. And I'm in Richmond telling you that. Like, they let it go a lot easier than Kentucky did. Um, there are a lot of great places, too, that you wouldn't think. Like, a lot of people, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek make fun of Alabama, but, like, performing in Huntsville has been a, a great experience. And... It's crazy because, like, really small towns can either be some of the most fantastic or some of the worst experiences. It's the same with big cities, too. It really depends yeah. on the show and, and what's going on. Have you ever been up to uh, Cleveland by chance? I have never been up to Cleveland. I'm going to Akron soon. Okay. And I'm going to Columbus, it's I a, hope. It, it's all pretty much the same. Yeah, it's all yeah. Ohio? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, I, it's give Cleveland. O- I give yeah. Ohio a break. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been there yet. So I'm going, to Ohio- I'm going to Akron in May for a comedy festival. Uh, Rubber City Comedy Festival. They haven't announced it yet, but they hurry up. They've Breaking been, news. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also hopefully going to be invited to the Columbus Galaxy, Galaxy Con in Con, December. Right, yeah. we saw that was coming there. Yep. Yeah, we're from Cleveland. And um, all right, so on the count of three, favorite roller coaster. Ready? Oh, uh, I have never been to Cedar Fair or Cedar, Cedar Point, Point, but I want to go. I can tell you my favorite. Um, I can tell you my favorite roller coaster. Okay. It doesn't have to be from there, right? It no, it does not. Coaster. It could okay. be anyone. Yeah. Okay. All right. On three? You want to count? Three, two, one. Big Bad Wolf. Where's that at? Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's yes. now defunct. Is, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, one of the world's first uh, suspended roller coasters, uh, or not one of, one of the U.S.'s first in like the 70s, I think, or something like that. And okay. They, they took it out, I think, probably like five years ago and replaced it with for Bolton, I believe. Oh, okay. I haven't been to Bush Gardens Williamsburg in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when, um, you said Carowinds. You've, you've been to Carowinds? I haven't been to Carowinds in a long time. This is my first year holding a season Oh, so you just got and, it. Okay. But, like, I'm planning, like, me and my buddy are coming back up to Richmond next week, and I'm like, can we go early, go to, you know, King's Dominion, uh, Charlotte, I have shows there early April, and I'm planning to go to Carowinds. It's like, I'm, I'm excited to, to do some stuff I want to do. Yeah, Carowinds got some good ones. Definitely hit Cedar Point. Yes. Millennium Force. Oh, um, it is the uh, roller coaster capital of the United States. I think 16, 18 coasters, something like that. Yeah, they're, yeah. and they're all pretty good. Okay, so. so Cedar Point has made me say something that nothing else in the world has ever made me want to say, which is I want to go to Ohio. Thanks. <laughs> 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 but don't forget about Kings Island in Cincinnati. It's, okay, only, it's right. only about an hour south of Columbus. Okay. And I personally think, overall, mm-hmm. it's better than Cedar Point. It's also a Cedar Fair Park, right? It is a Cedar Fair okay. Park as right. well, Cedar Pass, but nothing worked there. Awesome. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And they have a the winning roller coaster called The Beast. Oh, I've, I've heard of Beast. Uh, Son of Beast is also very good. So Son of Beast actually was torn down. Really? Okay. Yeah, because it, was, it had the it was, it was the first. It yeah. was so jerky. They yep. actually removed. There's actually a great YouTube video um, on on the whole history of Son of Beast. Yes. But yeah, it was it was only up for like four years, and they mm. they removed the loop because it was the first winning yep. coaster with the loop. Yep. We actually rode it with the loop, and then like a year later, they removed it. Yep. And they just it was just. So, what question would you like to answer that you never asked? Oh boy, um, how did I get so successful? That's a question I never get asked. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, just keep really trying. You know, just really <laughs> yeah. give your give it your all. And the old uh, college try. Uh, people will eventually, you know, pay for your hotel room when you come to Richmond, and that's really a mark of success. There yeah. you go. Right. Very good. All right, last question. How or or so? Where do you hope to go from here? Like, so you're doing oh these cons, you're mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of like South or North Carolina and you yeah. know Southeast stuff. And so, what do you, like, what do you, what do you think? What do you want to try to get to? So I just want to keep plugging away and doing comedy, and you know, keep getting better and enjoying what I do. Uh, but as far as you know, long term of this, maybe get some some writing jobs because it's very hard to make a living as a professional comedian. Yeah. That you know. It's impossible to make a living as a feature now, which is, uh, if you've been to comedy and you're a fan of comedy, you know there's usually, on a weekend show, a host uh, that does like 10, 15, a feature that does anywhere from 20 to 30, and then a headliner that does 45 to an hour. And it's very hard to make a living as uh, someone that's a feature and just get to a point where I can make a living doing some writing or something like that. That would be really great. So how do you become a headliner then? To become a headliner, you got to have credits. you got to you know be on TV and just... Have people like you get on TikTok and become famous. There's yeah. as long as you tell sell tickets, you're a headliner. You and don't I, even have to be good. And I just posted my first TikTok video today because he's now the second person who's told me that. So I posted one and I tagged you in it too. So oh, thank you, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. All right, Tyler, thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, Hellas no Horde. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Don't forget to slap a like on that video. Subscribe if you haven't yet, and I'll see you guys in the next one. And don't forget, keep those heads on.